You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. Ben Notes is our weekly jazz program going to air each Sunday night. Melbourne pianist Tony Gould describes my next guest as having a voice that instantly suggests uncommon beauty and musicality, a sensitivity to lyrics and impeccable sense of pitch with a rare control of vibrato. He says that it all comes from the approach to her art and her fellow human beings in general. Let's find out for ourselves, as it's my pleasure to welcome to Bent Notes, the subject of Tony's comments, Emma Gilmartin. Welcome, Emma. Thank you so much, David. It's lovely to speak with you. How accurate is Tony's description of you? Well, it's a very generous comment, I must say, David. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, meeting Tony at the Victorian College of the Arts was a bit of a turning point for me, I would say, because... Um, we recorded our first album together and I just learnt so much through that experience and learnt so much from Tony and his approach to improvisation and to connection through music and just really about listening. Um, so I just learnt an enormous amount from him. But as far as his comment goes, I I think um, I do remember working with my singing teacher at the time Um, Michelle Nicole, trying to, I guess, master the use of vibrato. Um, I think, you know, when I was singing through my teenage years, I had this sort of natural vibrato that um, I then went on to really work on to try to be able to switch on the vibrato and then to switch it off. So I think um, there is some accuracy in that comment about... um, I guess in that particular um, record, really singing quite a, a pure, um, in a pure way without a lot of vibrato at the end of the notes. Did you find it difficult to control the vibrato when you'd been singing as a teenager with that natural vibrato oh, for so long? Absolutely, yes, absolutely. So it was just a matter of, you know, practicing exercises without that vibrato at the end of, note, of notes, which was quite difficult in the beginning but really aiming for a very pure tone, very clean, very directly centred on the note. Yeah, it was difficult at first, absolutely, especially having sung a lot of pop music and soul music, I guess, which tends to have that vibrato in it. So, yeah, it was like sort of switching it off was quite difficult. (laughs) Tony also mentioned your sensitivity to lyrics. Now, my reading of those couple of words says your appreciation of what the lyrics actually mean. It's impossible for an audience to connect with the lyrics unless you have a deep connection with the lyrics. So I think it is incredibly important and something I encourage my students to really give some thought to. You know, you want to tell the story of the song like the audience is hearing it for the very first time, even if they have heard the song over and over. You want it to feel fresh and brand new for the audience so I think connection to lyrics is extremely important and um, worth discussing. When we're talking about introducing a song to an audience one they may have heard before you're talking there about making it fresh for them what about for the vocalists themselves what about for you if you're singing a song that you've done many times do you find that it gets boring or can you really get into what it means each and every time? Can you go through the same emotional experience? Well, that is most definitely the aim of the whole genre. And for me personally, it's it's the aim of every 
every performance, even if you're not feeling like going along to the gig or even if you're not really feeling in the moment during a recording, it's about actually trying to be so present that it does feel brand new for you every time and trying to connect with your fellow musicians in such a way that it's a brand new conversation, brand new connection. Of course, over the years, there have been songs that I have become a little bit tired of, but not many, I'd have to say, because if you do go to that place where you're listening freshly, you know, with fresh ears, you can generally find something magic. I mean, sometimes it's more than other times, of course, but that's the aim, I think. A bit of a challenge, I, I'm sure, at times, depending upon circumstances and whether the audience is uh, reactive or responsive, I suppose. Yes, and sometimes you have you know, you have a gig where there's hardly anyone in the audience and that adds another layer of, um, I guess, another challenge because you have to still generate something special without necessarily getting a lot back from the audience and adds another layer. Um, but, you know, you can't often control who's in the audience and what that energy is going to feel like for you. So regardless of the audience and the connection that you're making there, I think it's still really the, the aim of the game to to still try to connect into that magic of the song and that magic of the connection between you and your fellow musicians. Have you always had a connection with songs in your your, your own mind as you understood the songs that you heard even as a young child? I was fortunate to grow up with a lot of music. Some of it now I look back and think, oh, I don't know if it was such great music, but I always had a lot of music in my home. My grandparents were real music lovers, and so I always had a connection with song, I feel. But interestingly, I I didn't grow up singing as a child. Um, It wasn't really until my teenage years that I began to sing and began to fall in love with singing. You know, it was really probably, you know, my early teenage years that I started to do that. But as a a little child, I listened to a lot of music um, but didn't necessarily sing or think that I could sing well or anything like that. So I I guess I came to it quite late compared to a lot of singers that I know. My guest on Bent Notes tonight, Emma Gilmartin, has been enchanting Melbourne audiences for over a decade. You're listening to Bent Notes on Joy 94.9. Thank you for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Find more Joycasts and show blogs, go to joy.org.au. My guest on Bent Notes tonight has been described by Tony Gould as having a voice that instantly suggests uncommon beauty and musicality. It's Emma McGill-Martin. And Emma, we're talking about your growing up with music and discovering your voice in your teenage years. When did you decide that music was going to be your career choice and how did you make it happen? Oh, that's a good question. I actually wanted to be a vet when I was at school, not a singer. However, as my teenage years went on, I became quite heavily immersed in music at my school and I remember hearing Vince Jones for the first time when I was in about year 10, so I would have been about 16, and I remember hearing his voice and thinking, this is the style of music that I really want to sing, and I had a bit of a similar moment when I heard Chet Baker for the first time, so it was probably around that age that I thought, I really want to make 
music, not necessarily thinking it would be my career, but I really fell in love with it, I think, at that point. And what did you do to turn it from just being something you fall in love with to becoming a career? Initially, I studied media studies, actually. So going from wanting to be a vet, I ended up studying media studies at RMIT. And I was doing that course and I just wasn't feeling very satisfied, even though I was enjoying the learning. I just had this real niggle that I needed to study music more intensely. So I ended up going to Box Hill TAFE for a year, which was a really fantastic grounding in theory and in really just all the real nuts and bolts of music. And then after that, I went to the Victorian College of the Arts and did my degree there. So it was that was really the first big stepping stone into making it my career. And it was a really wonderful time for me there at the VCA, especially meeting Tony Gould and, and having that connection and going on to record with him was something really special that came out of it. That must have been quite a thrill to be able to record with Tony. It was a thrill. It was. It was actually the first year out of my degree. So I had the pleasure of learning from him whilst at college. So he was actually the head of head of music there and he took us for a number of classes and then I remember just at the end of my third year he asked me if I'd like to record something with him the following year so it was really such an honour to be asked and as I said earlier I just I've learnt so much from Tony over the years about really listening and being present with music and not planning too much just letting yourself go and just seeing what happens, which can be, you know, really scary. It, it certainly sounds scary just to, to let things happen. And you got to record with Tony and let things happen not once, not twice, but three times. Yes, I have recorded. I've recorded three albums with Tony. Um, two have been released through Move Records and one uh, is yet to be released. And I'm not sure whether it will be released, um, but it was certainly beautiful to have that third you know, experience of recording with him. And over the years, we've we've done so many lovely gigs together. Um, just recently, we we performed at Bennett's Lane with Gianni Marinucci. And, and every time I play with t- Tony, I just, I just learn so much. And there are always so many surprises. Surprises that are pleasant, I hope. Yes, always. <laughs> <laughs> and and yep. are these surprises things that the directions the music take that you weren't expecting? Absolutely. So there'll be key changes and segues and tempo changes and, oh, like new introductions, new songs that he'll just bring up and say, let's do this. And it might be a song we haven't done for 10 years and like just, you know, always keeping it fresh. And he would never play the same song twice the same way. So he really has mastered the art of keeping it fresh, absolutely. And that's something, obviously, that you look to do yourself. You, you have a quartet that you, you play with and you've been playing with for a number of years now. Are you taking Tony's approach when you go out with your quartet to keep it fresh all the time? Well, yes, that, that certainly is the intention. However, this group is, you know, a little bit different to what I've been doing with Tony. We, we did our first gig together in 2013, I had a last-minute gig offer come up at Bennett's Lane and I kind of just threw this band together. It's 
an amazing band, but we actually hadn't played together in this formation before. I'd played with them all individually, but for this one night, I put this band together and it was just such a beautiful concert. I think both musically and personally, there was real connection between the four of us. So ever since then, we've been playing together pretty regularly. We'd probably do one show at least a month and it's just always been a very special connection between the four of us. So, yes, I think I'm definitely still trying to keep the repertoire fresh and it's not difficult to do that with such amazing musicians as Danny Fisher on the drums, Frank Desario on the bass and James Sherlock on the guitar. It's a fantastic lineup, Emma. It is. I was just writing the liner notes for the album, which you know we recorded last year, and that's what I said. It's 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 just that they inspire me so much because they're such fine musicians, and I think I've been lucky to play with people who really are a lot more experienced than I am, and musicians that I just really respect. So yeah, it is a great lineup and we always have a great time and it's it does feel fresh, you know, with those guys every time. So very grateful to play with those boys absolutely. And no doubt the 8th of December at Bennett's Lane will be another very fresh night in terms of the music where the band gets together and plays again, which is launching your latest CD as part of the Melbourne Women's International Jazz Festival. That's right, David. So that's a CD that we recorded last year at Bennett's Lane with the wonderful Nico Schäuble from Pug House Studios. He does a lot of work around Melbourne, doesn't he? He does. And I think we all love Nico. He's just such a wonderful person and such a professional musician and also sound recordist. So he came along to one of our gigs last year and recorded it. And I think that recording a live gig really, for me, was actually very terrifying because, you know, it was just really hard to relax knowing that it was being recorded and hoping that it would sound okay and hoping that something would be salvageable, you know, from the from the show. And it's turned out to be a really nice CD. You know, it's not... It's not perfect, but being a live CD, it was never going to be a perfect album. So that's something that, you know, you kind of have to let go of. It is what it is. It's a really lovely snapshot of of a gig, and it, it just represents what I've been doing with, with James, Frank and Danny over the last three, coming up to four years, actually. So, yeah, it's, it's a lovely little album, and I, I am pleased that I'm going to be recording it, uh, sorry, releasing it finally. It's It's got that character of being live, which is what's always been the great thing about live television or live radio. Well, that's right. You're right. And, you know, I think over the years I have felt a sense of um, fear around releasing albums because, you know, it is such a permanent thing and... I think through this process I have really learnt that it doesn't have to be perfect. It still can be worthwhile releasing it and then, you know, moving on to the next project rather than holding on to this idea that it has to be a perfect representation, you know, of what you do. Yeah, it, it's a record of uh, of musicality at that point in time. And, That's right. uh, and as you say, move on to the next project, which will have a different focus. 
That's right, exactly. So I am really looking forward to releasing it and I'm so honoured to be a part of this Women's Jazz Festival and it just it's just worked out really nicely that I've that I'm able to launch it as part of such a wonderful festival. So that's just been a real added bonus. It's got a nice lineup for, for this festival. You're on the Thursday night and you're in the jazz club? We are. We're in the small room, which is the room we recorded the CD in. So I thought it would be really nice to have the launch in the same room. We're going to have a listen to a piece of music off your initial album called Tomorrow Just You Wait and See. And I, I just love the name of that album because it says, here's someone you need to keep your eye on. Obviously, back then, you you knew where you were headed. You know, I have to give Tony the credit for that title, David, because I remember we were just brainstorming ideas and he said, no, this is what it should be, and he just he just wrote it down. And I said, yeah, that's fine. That's a lovely title. And I think it's it also really links into what I was saying earlier about just seeing how things go in the moment musically, and that's what Tony's all about. So it's it's sort of got two meanings really behind that title. We're going to have a listen to Alice in Wonderland, which was composed by Sammy Fain and Bob Hilliard for the Disney animation Alice in Wonderland back in 1951. It's a beautiful song. It is a beautiful song, and Tony suggested we record this. I'd never sung it before, and along with a lot of those songs on that album, I'd never sung them before, and so it really you know, opened up my eyes to a whole range of songs that Tony perhaps had played for years but, you know, I had never included in my repertoire. So I was really grateful for that experience and I I do love this song. I continue to sing it really regularly. I think it's such a beautiful, simple melody and a joyful song. Emma Gilmartin, thank you so much for your time tonight here on Bent Notes. Thank you so much, David. I'm thrilled to be asked. My guest tonight has been Emma Gilmartin. My panel operator here, Corey, is telling me he's got to press a button. So thank you, Emma, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. On Bent Thank Notes on Joy ninety four point nine. Joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au.